Then, chapter one. Then we ran for our lives, me and Zelda, up a hillside as fast as we could, which wasn't very fast, not even with me holding Zelda's hand and helping her up the slope. You know how when you and your two friends jump off a train that's going to a Nazi death camp and you nearly knock yourself unconscious, but you manage not, not to and your glasses don't e get e get broken, but your friend Chaya isn't so lucky and she gets killed, so you bury her under some ferns and wildflowers, which takes a lot of strength and you haven't got much energy left for running and climbing. That's how it is now for me and Zelda. My legs hurt, says Zelda. Poor thing, she's only six. Her legs aren't very big and her, and she's wearing bedtime slippers, which aren't very good for scrambling up a steep hill covered with prickly grass. But we can't slow down. We have to get away before the Nazi train comes along with the machine guns on the roof. I glance over my shoulder. At the bottom of the hill, the way away tracks is gleaming in the sun, like the shiny bits on the Nazi officer's uniform. I peer up the slope. At the top of the is a thick forest. When we get up there, we'll be safe, we'll be hidden. The next Nazi train won't be able to see us, as long as Zelda doesn't yell rude things at them. If we can't get up there, come on, I say to Zelda, keep going, we mustn't stop. Come on, I say to Zelda, keep going, we mustn't stop. I'm not stopping, says Zelda indignantly. Don't you know anything? I know why Zelda's cross. She thinks I'm lucky. I am, I'm ten. I got, I've got strong legs and strong boots, but I wish my legs were stronger. If I was twelve, I would carry Zelda on my back. Uh, ow, she says, slipping and bashing her knee gently. Gently, I pull her up. Are you okay, I say. No, she says, and as we hurry on. This hill is an idiot. I smile, but not for long. Suddenly, I hear the words, the worst sound in the world. The rumble of another train in the distance, getting closer. I peer up the slope again. The forest is too far. We won't get there in time. If the Nazis see us on the hillside, we'll be easy targets. My shirt's got rips in it and that are flapping all over the place. Zelda's dress is lots of colours but not camouflage ones. The, tra the train is getting very close. Lie flat, I say, pulling Zelda down onto the grass. You said we mustn't stop, she says. I know, I say, but now we mustn't move. I'm not moving, says Zelda. See? We're lying on our tummies, completely still except for a bit of panting. Zelda is clinging on to me. Her face is hot against my cheek. Her hands are gripping my arm. I can see the one of her fingers nails is bleeding from pulling up ferns for, for Chaya. The noise of the train is very loud now. Any second it will be coming around the bend below us. I wish we had ferns to hide under. Near us is a rabbit hole. I, I wish me and Zelda were rabbits. We could crouch deep in the hillside and eat carrots. But we're not. We're humans. The Nazi train screeches round the bend. Zelda grips me even tighter. Felix, she says. If we get shot, I hope we get shot together. I feel shame. I feel the same.
I squeeze her hand, not too tight because of her fingernail. I wish we were living in the ancient times when machine guns weren't really primitive, when you'd be lucky to hit a mountain when one even got up close. Instead of in 1942, when machine guns are so super modern, they can smash about a thousand bullets into an escaping kid from the top of a speeding train. Below us, the Nazi drone is clattering like thousands of machine guns. I put my arm round Zelda and pray to Rich Compton to, to keep us safe. Zelda isn't Jewish, I tell Rich Compton silently, but she still needs protection because Nazis sometimes kill Catholic kids too, especially Catholic kids who are a bit headstrong and cheeky. Rich Compton isn't holy, holy or anything. But she's a really good story writer, and in her books, she keep, keeps William and Violet Elizabeth and the other children safe, even when they're being extremely headstrong and cheeky. My prayer works. No bullets smashed into our bodies. Thank you, I say silently to Richmond Compton. Down the hill, I see the train disappearing round the next bend. I can tell it's another death camp train full of jewish people it's got the same carriages our train had the ones that look like big wooden boxes nailed shut on the roof of the last carriage there's a machine gun but the two nazi soldiers sitting behind it are be busy eating come on i say to zelda as soon as the tra- train is out of sight we get to our feet at the top at the top of the hill The forest waits for us, cool and dark and safe. I don't know how long till the next train, so we have to move fast. We might not be so lucky with the next one. The Nazi machine gun soldiers might not have been having an early dinner. I grab Zelda's hand and we start scrambling up the slope again. Zelda trips on a rabbit hole and almost falls. I save her, but accidentally almost yank her arm and out of its socket. Sorry, I say. It's not your fault, says Zelda. It's the rabbit's fault. Don't you know anything? She lets go of my hand and holds her shoulder, and her dark eyes fill with tears. I put my arms around her. I know her, her shoulder isn't the only reason she's crying. It's also because of what's happened to our parents and our friends and because the most powerful army in the history of the world is trying to kill us. If I start thinking about all this, I end up crying myself, which is not good. People who are crying can't climb hillsides very fast. I've seen it happen. I tried to think of a way to cheer us both up. In the next valley, there might be a house, I say, with a really kind cook who's made too much dinner and it is looking for people to help eat the extra platefuls of delicious stew not stew says zelda sausages okay and boiled eggs and marmalade says zelda on bread fingers it's working zelda has stopped crying now she pulls me up the hill and bananas i say what bananas says zelda while we climb while we climb, I tell her about all the exotic food I've read about in stories. That's another way I'm lu- That's another way I'm lucky. I grew up in a bookshop.
Zelda didn't, but she still got a really good imagination. By the time we get to the top of the hill, she's fairly certain. The cook has got mangoes and oranges for us as well. We plunge into the forest and hurry through the thick undergrowth. It feels really good to be in here with the ferns and the bushes and the trees sheltering us, especially when I suddenly hear a scary sound in the distance. Machine guns. We stop and, and listen. Must be another train, I say. We look at each other. The machine guns go on and on, not close, but still terrifying. I don't say anything about train people trying to escape in case they're getting shot dead. There's only so much getting shot dead and little kids like Zelda can take. Do you want to rest? I said, say to her. What I actually mean is, does she want to hide? But I don't say that either because I don't want her to feel even more scared. No, says Zelda, pushing ahead. I want my dinner. I know how she feels better to get further away from the railway line. Plus, it's almost evening and we haven't eaten all day. I follow her. At last, the distant shooting stops. The house is this way, says Zelda, scrambling through a tangle of creepers. That's the good thing with stories. There's always a chance they can come true. Poland is a big country. It's got lots of Nazis in it, but it's also got lots of forests and lots of houses and quite a few sausages. Has the cook got chocolate, says Zelda after a while? Maybe, I say, if we think about it really hard. Zelda screws up her forehead as we hurry on. By the time we get to the other side of the forest, I'm pretty sure the cook hasn't got chocolate, a big bar of it. We pause at the edge of the trees and squint down into the next valley. My glasses are smudged. I take them off and polish them with my shirt. Zelda gives a terrified squeak and grabs me and points. I put my glasses back on and peer down at what she, she's seen. Zelda isn't pointing at the distant house belonging to the kind cook. She's pointing there aren't any houses. She's pointing at something much closer. A big hole in the hillside, a sort of pit with piles of freshly dug earth next to it. Lying in the hole tangled up together are children, lots of them, all different ages, some older than me and some even younger than Zelda. What are those children doing, says Zelda in a worried voice. I don't know, I say. I'm feeling worried too. They look like Jewish children. I can tell because they are wearing white armbands and blue blob that I'm pretty sure is the Jewish star. Trembling, I give my glasses another clean. This wasn't in our, your story, whispers Zelda. She's right. It wasn't. The children aren't moving. They're dead. That's the bad thing with stories. Sometimes they can't come true. And sometimes what happens isn't even worse than you can imagine. I try to stop Zelda seeing blood. Too late. She's starting. She's staring, mouth open, eyes wide. I go to and put my hand over her mouth in case she makes a noise and the killers are still around. Too late. She starts sobbing loudly. 
Directly below us on the hillside, several Nazi soldiers jump to their feet in the long grass. They glare up to the hill towards us. They throw away their cigarette, cigarettes and shout at us. I know I should get Zelda back into the undergrowth out of sight, but I can't move. My legs are in shock. The Nazi soldiers pick up their machine guns. Mm.